Hello, and welcome to the Teeth of Grace podcast. My name is Sarah Schaefer, and I'm here with my good friend, Kathy Loudenberg. Last time we talked about the abundant life. We looked at John 10.10 and went really deep into talking about destruction of life versus the abundance that Jesus wants to come and to give us. One of the aspects of that is having a united heart. Kathy referred to Psalms 86.11, where David actually asks God to unite his heart. God asks us to love him with our whole heart, and he wants to bind up the brokenhearted, as we talked about last time as well. So with that in mind, we are going to explore a little bit more about the heart today. The place to start perhaps is the goal, and that is to love God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. What are your thoughts on that, Kathy? You know, I'm relieved by that because it's our entire being. It's our mind. It's our soul. It's our strength because the heart is fickle, isn't it? I mean, it's fickle. We love this one day. We don't like that the next day. We like that person, but we don't like them too much. I mean, the heart, <laughs> it seems like the heart is very unreliable and it can get us in trouble because we all long to be loved. We all long to have relationship. We all long to fit somewhere and emotions and, and heart, they're strong, strong influences. But I like I, I've thought a lot about this first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So for me, as my heart was shattered in so many pieces because I gave it away to so many people, and there were deep wounds. We've talked about that, my brother's death and my dad's abuse, and we'll talk more about that later. But the mind is where we really have a lot of control and it's not fickle. Things are either black or white. Things are either yes or no. Things are either true or false for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, facts. At the Boy Scout Ranch, when I read the Bible for the first time all the way through, I thought, wow, this is part of that. This is my mind learning truths, no different than if you learn how to multiply. Mm -hmm. You learn how to conjugate a sentence. You learn it well. Some, I'm a language teacher, so some people <laughs> like that, some don't. So uh, um, maybe you don't want to conjugate anything. Um, but, but the mind is more reliable, I think, can be more reliable than the heart. And when I got into scripture, it was like somehow the scripture informed my heart hmm. and healed my heart. So I, I really like that. And with all your strength, it made me really think, how, how do I do that? How do I, on a given day, what do we pour our energy and strength into on any given day? Buying stuff in this country, it's amassing more, bigger homes, bigger cars, bigger, the commercials of all the things we need to be happy in this life. We, we have so much in this country. And I guess while I spent a lot of time in Mexico and in Eastern Europe, it, it began, I began to see what those people had how they loved him with all their strength when they didn't have all of that stuff that can, that can take us away from him. Mm -hmm. It was the strength of a faith that in the midst of deprivation and in the midst of communist oppression, there's a peace to be found. And there's a, 
solidarity to be found. And so I, I like that the first commandment gives us such a roadmap that we, we love the Lord um, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I began to put a lot of my strength into reading, reading the word uh, day after day after day after day. And it's still the anchor of my life. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's the anchor of my life that when I am in the word and informing my mind, which then informs my heart, I'm more stable. Brilliant to inform our minds, which are steadier than our hearts that are emotional. Like what you're saying, what we're talking about is in Matthew 22, verses 37, and it really goes through um, verse 40. Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And when we do tell our minds what the truth is, when we do instruct ourselves, especially in scripture, which is the living word of God, mm -hmm. then it can speak in and transform our hearts. As I've, as I am been out of the lifestyle now for quite a long time, and I, my life is so rich. He healed the relationship with my dad. He reconnected me and my mom. He healed that wound, that deep root. It took a long time of that abuse for God for God to put that back together before he died, my dad was 94, 95 when he died. That's heavenly. That's like miraculous. I never, there's a verse in Joel 225, 222, 225. I always count on Sarah for this part <laughs> that says, I will restore. He's talking to Israel and Joel says he's a prophet. And he says, God told him to say, I will restore all the years the locusts have eaten. And I was, uh, that would have been three years ago, so I would have been 66 or something, that God could take all of those years of really hating my dad, truly hating my dad, that he could change my heart and save my father so that he could repent and ask for forgiveness in the last five months of his life. Wow. That's heavenly. That be restored like that. Was that the right verse? That is the right verse. Joel 2.25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. Yeah. God and the destroyer. There we go right back to what we talked about last time. Right. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. I'd be really privileged to hear what happened. How did your dad come to Jesus when he was in his 90s? Yeah, I um, I was in the process of writing this book. Um, I was first going to call it Snapshots of Grace because they're real short stories written by a middle school teacher, mind you. So if you pick up the book and read it, you're not going to be impressed with theology or with anything else or with language <laughs> or vocabulary. I, I wanted it to be accessible to a seventh grader if they read the book because Jesus is accessible to anybody. Mm -hmm. So I wanted it to be... Uh, Fast-moving short stories that would be riveting, uh, plus creative writing is fun to write. It wasn't the first manuscript I wrote. That was a more serious one with lots of detail and stuff. And I actually had a publisher want to buy that book uh, 20, 30 years ago, but they wanted me to remove everything and only talk about homosexuality. And I said, no, there's more to my life than that. I said, I won't I won't do that. So I, I didn't accept that contract. Huh. 
And then what, 30 years later, um, it comes out in this easy to read, uh, exciting, fun, laugh type of um, book. And dad saw it. Uh, I had gotten my first copy to look at it. And dad happened to see it. And he said, well, I want to read that. And I went, Ugh. <laughs> I Was that what those were your exact words? I bet. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Uh, no, 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 dad. There's some tough stuff in there. No, no, no. And he's never read a book in his life. Dad's not a reader. Really? Yeah. He barely finished high school. The whole time I lived up here, taking care of him 14 years, he'd read the newspaper and come and ask me like every definition of almost every word. I mean, the man wasn't a reader. Hmm. So I thought, no. So I would take the book in and tell him to read this story. I'd have a bookmark because a fun one, there's a lot of fun ones in there, mission trips with middle schools. Right. And if that's not a blast, um, how can it not be with 45, 45 middle school kids on a bus, 17 hour ride to uh, Juarez, Mexico? I mean, so I would take him in the fun stories that I had teaching and in the classroom. And, and uh, so we did that for about a week or two. And then I went in to get the book one time and he had both hands on it, tried to take it from him. And he wouldn't let me have it. And he said, why won't you let me read this whole book? And I wanted to lie, actually. I wanted to tell him a fib. Hmm. But God's not into lies. I said, well, there's some tough stuff in there, Dad. There's some tough stuff. It's my story. It's my life story. And he said, so? I want to read this book. So it was in the morning after breakfast and um, I left the book in there and we built our first little cabin up here right after Eddie's death. It was kind of a harborage to recover from that violent death. And then we had just a little cabin and then we added on a West room and an East room. And I kind of live in the East room and he kind of lived in, in the West room. So I left him reading the book, which he flipped right away to the first page, which is a bizarre story of a demonic encounter. I mean, I always warn people, if you read the book, get past the first story or two. And I came into the East Room and I paced, I paced, I paced. <gasps> oh God, he's reading the book. Oh God, he's reading the book. I mean, I was really, I was, mm -hmm. I paced in here. My heart was beating a million miles an hour. And finally, this may sound, sound strange to the listeners, but I just heard the Lord say to me, you don't think I know what your dad needs to set him free. Yeah, that's what he said. You don't think I know what I want to do to mm. set your dad free. Mm. And boy, my heart slowed down. I got in my glider. I sat and read. I prayed. I prayed for dad. I prayed that each story would touch his soul and his heart. And... um about, and they are riveting because my dad's not a reader. And about seven hours later, he'd read the whole book. You read it in one sitting? Well, I've had a lot of people tell me that, which really disappointed me because I'm a teacher and I put study questions at the end of each story. <laughs> and I wanted people to study and get in the scriptures. And I, I, so it, it speaks wow. to the writing that it was captivating and fun, a lot of them. But he came in, he plopped down on the couch. And my heart started to beat a little fast, and he was really quiet. He just plopped down. He was real quiet for a while. And he said, uh, finally, he said, did these things really happen? Hmm. 
And I said, yes. And then long pauses, long pauses. I mean, 10, 15 minute pauses where you knew his mind and his heart were processing. It must've been agonizing for him. Um, but the Holy Spirit was still very strong with me of just, just see this through, it's okay. So then he said, um, how often did they happen? I said, well, every time you came home drunk, long pause. And he said, how many times was that? And I said, four or five nights a week. Wow. He, my dad was a bellman at the Brown Palace Hotel in Denver. And uh, his brother works there too. And uh, their bar was easily accessible and it was free to those who worked there. And um, so he said, uh, I don't remember that I did those things. And I said, well, dad, you, you wouldn't remember because you'd come home so drunk that after those things happened, you'd pass out. And I was always the one to patch up mom's bloody nose and clean up the vomit and fix it. That's why I, I have a shop degree. Cause I'd always had to fix the, the fix the boards that he'd tear out of the door, door jams and stuff. Um, I said, so you wouldn't remember um, because then you'd pass out. He might not even wake up the, till the next morning. I mean, oftentimes I thought he was actually dead and he wouldn't wake up. And I, I suppose there were days I thought, I hope he doesn't wake up. Uh, really, it was it was a it was a tough time. So he sat and and he said this next question, I can barely breathe. He said, um, why didn't God kill me? And I said, um, well, if you'd have died then, you'd have probably gone to hell. And Jesus doesn't want you to go to hell. He loves you. And he wants you to be saved. I bet you, Sarah, that pause was 20 minutes. Wow. And that's when my heart started to feel for my dad. That's when my heart started to be healed. So I, and I just waited until he would say next. And his last question was, and he leaned forward towards me and he said, but why would God ask you to take care of me when I did that to you? That's a man who's under conviction. That's a man who's in touch with the Lord at that time. That's a man that was being forgiven and set free. And I said, well, if you'd have died, you'd have gone to hell back then. And if I hadn't taken care of you, I would have died with a hard heart mm. and a wounded heart. And God didn't want me. He wanted my heart soft and he wanted you free. And he sat for about five minutes studying that and and then he broke out into sobs. I got out of the glider and went over to the chair. 
and went over to the couch where he was sitting and he had his hands and his his knees on his on his uh his elbows on his knees and his hands over his face and for the first time probably since i was one or two i touched my father i wrapped my arms around his head and i put my cheek next to his cheek i wrapped my arms around his shoulders he he was heaving with tears and i and our tears just mitch, mixed i've never told this story before I've never told you this before, I don't think. I um, I just rocked him. We just rocked. And I don't know how long we were there. It seemed like forever. It was, it was the miracle of this God that wants us to love him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Was at work. Doing what God does best. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up the brokenhearted. He frees the prisoners. He proclaims liberty to the captives. And he brings good news. So I don't know, 20 minutes later maybe, I uh, I went and sat in the glider and he popped up out of the chair. And he doesn't pop. He was 95. He had a real, <laughs> real, real bad crippled leg. He was in a walker. I mean, dad didn't pop anywhere. He popped up. And he nodded his head like, okay. That's a done deal. And he said, he put out a fist bump. He said, so we're good. I said, dad, we're good. And we fist bumped. And he toddled out of the room. And I sat in the chair and cried for another, I don't know how long. You know, there's a thing, even with the lifestyle, going back to that. It doesn't matter what you've been caught in. It doesn't matter whether it's drugs or alcohol or pornography or it doesn't matter how we've ruined our lives because we are all sinners and we all have those places where we fall all again, whether it's lying, whether it's cheating, whether it's greed, whether it's incest, whether it's sex without marriage, it doesn't matter. I sat there as God just poured water through my heart, just poured healing through my heart. Just there was this warm, almost like when I attempted suicide. And that morning I gave my life to him, like he was bathing me. So um, I sat here for a long time in the dark. We, this was about dusk during the summer. And I sat here for a long time. And so we were ready. Uh, it was like sitting in the father's lap, you know, right? It was like sitting in the father's life because I always struggled. I loved Jesus, but I didn't understand the father because I didn't like my father. And um, now I know that Father God is, they're all one, three in one. There's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God was just loving on his girl and on this man. So we got ready for bed. We went. Up, we didn't say much. And and finally we got ready for bed. And, and uh, I walked into my bedroom and out of nowhere out of absolutely nowhere bubbling up i said i love you papes papes is what my nickname everybody's nickname was for him and i kind of turned around like what who said that and he said what he was, he, i was in the door of my bedroom he was in the door of his bedroom and this is a tiny cabin so we were only six feet apart so i said a little louder I love you, papes. And he said, what? <laughs> you know, it kind of reminds me of that Aww. precious encounter with Peter and Jesus. Because Peter denied Jesus. 
And then later, Jesus said, do you love me three times? And the first two were phileo, meaning, do you like me? Peter, do you at least like me? The third one was agape. Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me with your whole heart and soul? And uh, Peter said, yes, Lord, and um, feed my sheep. And Peter became the head of the, Jew the Jewish church at that time, and Paul became the head of the Gentile church. And um, so I left my bedroom and walked into his bedroom because that was a little hard of hearing. And I put my hands on his shoulders. And I said, Dad, I love you. And he said, love you two cats. Because my name is Kathy and my nickname was Cats. He said, I love you two cats. As we learn and understand and embrace the first commandment, the first and the greatest commandment, to love him with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, there's solidarity in that. There's... It's when the whole essence of who he made us to be as people come together in unity. And, and that can be almost heaven on earth. I mean, right now, I feel like I'm the most blessed in my whole life. Mm. In my whole life. My body's falling apart and I've had 26 surgeries and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. The tent, the flesh, the body is coming down. But the spirit and the soul and the heart are more, more full of life than I've ever known in my life. Mm. Kathy, thank you for sharing your story. It is so beautiful to hear how God helped you to love him and your dad with your whole heart. I think it gives hope to any of us who find ourselves in a hopeless situation, perhaps one that's even lasted for decades like yours had, that God can reach out to us at any time, in any place, and touch any one of us whenever he is ready to do so. Thank you listeners for joining us. The book that we often refer to in this episode is called Living on the Thinnest Edge, Finding Strength to Carry On. That's the title that was actually given to Kathy's book. If you would like a copy, please reach out and ask for it. You can contact me at sarah, S-A-R-A, at theteethofgrace.com, or you can email Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at theteethofgrace.com. Feel free to ask for the book, and we are offering it for any donation, even zero dollars. We just want to share it with you and hope it would bless you as it has so many others. Also, you can always find us at theteethofgrace.com. Please feel free to share that website with others who may benefit from hearing these beautiful, miraculous stories. Until next time, God bless you. Mm -hmm.